Welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hey, what's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary, back with episode number 58 of Just Jets. Excited to be here. I know it's a little bit later than usual. My schedule's a little bit different this week. Should be able to get back on track, hopefully, for next week. That's the plan anyway. We got a lot to get into, dive into free agency. We'll talk a little to Sean Watson and your questions as well. But before all of that, wanted to mention that if you like the shirt, you can pick it up in the store. Link to the store is in the description below. And a word from our sponsor, NFL draft season is upon us. It's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants. No good. That's why our partners at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way you gamble on football. For all my draft geeks, we have an exclusive 20% off promo code JETS20 at Manscaped.com. You can pick yourself up. The nice lawnmower 3.0. I personally like the refined cologne that I so much love and use just about every day. Head on over one more time. Promo code JETS20 at checkout. Saves you 20% off and free shipping. I don't know if I mentioned that. Free shipping as well. So uh, worthwhile to check out for sure. So let's jump into today's episode. We're going to talk the good, the bad, and the eh from free agency. So it's been an interesting last week. Expectations were high. So far, I don't know if Joe Douglas has reached the expectations that some set for him. Uh, I think it's been an okay free agency. There's been, again, some good some and some bad. Uh, but we'll start with the good. And my first good on the list is Carl Lawson. To me, that's the big one from free agency. An absolute stud of an edge rusher. The Jets have not had a legitimate edge presence. In a really, really long time. Like, I don't think people realize just how good Carl Lawson is. Yes, I understand the sack numbers aren't there, but if you look at him, nobody pressures the quarterback like he does. And with the uh, defensive line that the Jets are going to be displaying next year, those sack numbers are going to go up. More on that later. But uh, yeah, I, I think Carl Lawson's probably my favorite signing so far. Corey Davis is definitely one to be excited about. Good scheme fit, good run blocker. Seems to make sense. I don't know if he's going to hit 1,000 yards with the Jets next year, but I think he's someone who you know you could pencil in for 800 or 900 yards, and he'll be a consistent outside receiver to go with Denzel Mims, which we're excited about. Justin Hardy was also signed special teamer. I know that's like it's not sexy, but he is a good special teamer. He's going to be a legit gunner. He's going to be better than Trenton Cannon, who's been doing it for a long time. Last year, the Jets struggled with uh, on special teams. It's going to make Brandon Mann look better. It's going to be a good signing. He's going to be a fan favorite. I could already tell. Keelan Cole, I also like a lot. Uh, for me, the big thing is he has better upside than a wide receiver for. Like he is the wide receiver four on the depth chart, but I think he is better than a fourth receiver, which is good because the Jets were running out Jeff Smith, Vincent Smith, Lawrence Cager, the corpse of, um, I almost said Chad Hansen, but it was, no, oh my God, the the Patriots, the the old Patriots receiver. Why am I blanking on it? Chris Hogan, there you go. Uh, For games last year, which was just, I don't know why he's on the field in 2020. Um, so having a guy like Keelan Cole is absolutely going to help. And he's a good punt returner too, which we like that. A good special teamer, sure. Absolutely. LaMarcus Joyner, I am excited about. He was not a good slot corner with the Raiders the last couple of years, but 
in his days with the Rams, he is a very, very good safety. So I think that is just depth move, and he's a good player. And the last one, which it surprised me, and I said on Twitter and online that I didn't get this one, but this doesn't mean that he's a good player, and that's Sheldon Rankins. I don't think the Jets really need more defensive tackle help. I think they have really good defensive tackles, but they added in a player who is still young. Yes, he's been hurt the last couple of years, but there's a reason why he's a first-round pick. There's a reason why he had eight sacks in 2018 the last time he was healthy. This is a upside swing, and that's something that I noticed with Joe Douglas in free agency. He likes to go with younger guys who are on the potential for an upswing and good in good value. Carl Lawson, 26. Corey Davis, 26. Hardy is still pretty young. Keelan Cole is still pretty young. Joiner's a veteran, but Sheldon Rankins still has some upside. The eh signings, I have two eh signings. The first is Gerard Davis. He's going to be a starter. He lost his starting job in Detroit. Many people think he was being utilized wrong, which isn't surprising because Matt Patricia was the second worst coach in football behind Adam Gase. So he will be brought in. He will play at linebacker. On the outside, we we all expect C.J. Mosley to be an inside linebacker in this scheme. We definitely expect Davis to be one of those linebackers as well as a starter. And the other end is Tyler Koft. He is a tight end who, when healthy, is pretty solid, just has not been healthy the last couple of years in Buffalo. A very good blocker right now to pair with Chris Herndon. Could they still use help at that position? Probably. But uh, maybe they look to the NFL draft or maybe they really like Chris Herndon. I'm still a Chris Herndon guy. I would have brought in a veteran with a little bit more offensive upside than a Tyler Koff, but that's just me. And, and there's one bad signing and just a couple of other bad notes. So the Dan Feeney, I want to like Dan Feeney so badly. I mean, just look at that mullet and that mustache. He looks like he's an offensive lineman that I would love, that I want to love. He's just not good. He's not going to be a starter for this Jets team. He's going to be a depth guy. He could he can play guard or center, not at a starting level, but he's again just a depth option on this team, which I guess is fine. But um, I'm a little disappointed that they haven't gone out and signed someone at guard yet. If they bring in Trey Turner, okay, I think there's some upside there. Would I have liked them to go for somebody a little bit better than that? Yeah, I would have. I don't think that Joe Tooney was coming here for the price that he ended up signing for to go to the two-time defending AFC champions. But I do think they could have had better options out there. And I think this tells you all you need to know. Joe Douglas is absolutely taking an offensive lineman with one of his first three picks, especially on the interior. I think um, you could definitely look for Elijah Vera Tucker. You could look for Wyatt Davis. You could look for Creed Humphrey. One of those guys are going to be taken off the board by 34 by the New York Jets in my eyes. So, um, And also last one, that I think was a little bit bad was missing out on John O'Neill. I think that would have been phenomenal for the New York Jets to add how they lost out on a one-year deal to him for very little money, but were willing to pay Gerard Davis a little bit more is interesting. I know different days, but I, I really thought that was one the Jets were going to get done. I think it would have been perfect to put him, he, he's moving to linebacker. So it would have been really interesting to, to see that get done. Um, I was just surprised. I thought that was one, especially, you know, the fact that it was a one-year deal at the Dallas that I thought the Jets would get done um, and still need more work. Offensive line needs help on the interior. Just need corners, an outside corner and a slot corner. Brian Poole is still available. Uh, Kawan uh, Williams is still available. Rasul Douglas is still available. Um, There are options out there, and we'll see if Joe Douglas signs any of them. Hell, uh, who knows? Before I release this episode, maybe he signs somebody. That's how free agency goes sometimes. But at the end of the day here, I think he's been okay. I think there's been some good things. I think there's been a couple of misses. But 
it's an incomplete grade that you can't grade free agency yet because you still have to look at the NFL draft or you can't grade the offseason because you still have to look at the NFL draft, which is a major part of this. And that's still over a month away. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. The last thing I want to get to in the monologue before we get to the voicemails is the Deshaun Watson drama. Yes, th- there is up to 10 complaints now uh, from women who are you know, saying that he has in some way, shape or form, sexually harassed, sexually assaulted them. Um, what I will say about this is I think we need more information to come out. And I don't trust that lawyer Busby as far as I can throw him in. There is something sketchy going on here. Uh, obviously, this is very, very serious. It's something that has to be looked into. You can't just push over it. But there's just a lot of bizarre things going on here. Um, I don't think you can really 100% just come out and say, oh, my God, you got to put this under Sean Watson. You got to get him out of the league now. You can't trade for him now. Hold on. I think we need to pump the brakes there. Let everything play out. And we'll see how this happens, whether it goes to trial or what. We'll see. But I, I'm i not ready to kill Deshaun Watson if more info comes out and if the convictions start coming. Completely different story. Um, but just what a weird situation that is down there. And we'll see, again, we'll see. It's a wait-and-see game, which is never fun. But it, it's – I don't think you can draw judgment just yet. I don't think you can say, oh, my God, see, you can't trade for him. He's a distraction, blah, 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 blah. I get it. I get it. This is a very serious thing. It has to be looked into. Both of those things can be true while also saying mm, that guy Busby is a little bit of a, a weird character and somebody who does this kind of stuff all the time, these high-profile-like cases, and it takes a lot of the money when they get their settlements. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be interesting this offseason to see how that impacts uh, the trade market for him. We'll see. I don't think he goes back to Houston. Let's get into those voicemails now. All right, Ed from Long Island is up first. He wants to talk. Jamison Crowder. Hi, this is uh, Ed from Long Island. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Thank you. Rumor is uh, the Jets might cut Jamison Crowder to save some cap space. Sounds like they don't really want to do this. Have you heard anything or know any reasons why they wouldn't rework his contract so that it works out for both of them? This would allow him to stay stay Jeff for an extra year or two at a little less money and both sides benefit. Let me know what you think. Thanks. Yeah, I think the reason why they haven't done that, and I think this is more when like Juju was still available, he ends up going back to Pittsburgh. But with Jamison Crowder, I just don't know. With him getting up there in age and injury history, if you want to sign on for that right now uh, for a couple of more years, I think they kind of want to wait and see how this year plays out, how he does in this offense, and then maybe... Uh, look to extend him if if he has a good year. If not, then they'll move on. And that's the thing. He hasn't played in this offense yet, so I don't think they are uh, going to make a decision on him yet. I think they kind of want to see. Um, and I'm okay with them keeping Crowder for this year. I know a lot of people were team cut Crowder and sign Juju. I get it. I just don't know how much of an upgrade that would have really been. He's younger. He had a better season three years ago now in 2018. Um, and he is younger. I, I just I, I think Crowder... I think Crowder's a solid receiver. I think he slept on a little bit. Is he the greatest thing in the world? No, but I think he is a very good slot receiver, and I don't think he's an issue, and I would keep him uh, for this money and and see what he does this year and then reevaluate at the end of the season uh, heading into 2022. Uh, So hopefully that answers your question, Ed. Let's get to Vinny, who wants to talk about free agency. 
Hey, Matt, it's Vinny here, and, you know, obviously I'm calling you as free agency is underway. And I wanted to comment on Jets Twitter overreacting. Shocking. To the Jets not spending in free agency, which, honestly, as you and I know, is ridiculous. The Jets have a long history of overspending in free agency only for it to burn in their face. Because the problem in the past and right now is the Jets don't have an established young nucleus of talent to attract free agents. So the only other way you're going to get a lot of these marquee free agents is by overpaying them. And that's something we simply can't do because that will just hurt us in the long run. So the, we're just only signing a couple handful of free agents here and there because we have to build that core over the next few drafts. Then we can sign free agents for fair prices. That's all. Go Jets. I agree to an extent with what Vinny was saying here. Um, I'm not ready to kill him. I, I think some have been too critical. I think some have been a little bit too critical, while I think others have maybe been a little bit lenient um, onto a, to a stretch. I think it's probably safe to fall somewhere in between. But here's my, my, my take on it. I agree that he shouldn't be overpaying, but I think he's taking swings on younger guys with upside. Uh, and good athleticism, good blocking from offense, and defense is just really good athletes. Um, so I think he has a type, which is completely fine. Um, and eventually, you're right that guys will want to come here for fair money, but you can't complain about the Mike McCagnan era and then two seconds later come back and say, well, Joe Douglas isn't spending enough money. Well, McCagnan's issue, he handed out big contracts like it was going out of style. Um, usually what happens, teams spend in free agency, when they have terrible, terrible drafts and they have to adjust and say, okay, well, if I, our roster is so barren because of the draft, we have to spend money in free agency. I think in a perfect world, you want it to be balanced um, and you want to, something that really they haven't done in terms of acquiring talent really is trade. They've traded away a lot of pieces to get draft capital back, which is cool. But I think they could start to maybe utilize trading for established players um, a little bit better. Um, so that's maybe a different way to to build. Uh, but for the most part, I'm with Vinny on this. Let's go to Ben in New Jersey who wants to talk uh, some Sam Darnold. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. So as we know, the Chicago Bears recently signed Andy Dalton and the Washington football team recently signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I just had a question regarding our good old buddy, Sam Darnold. It seems like the teams that were targeting him seem like they're dwindling down. And a quarter of the league apparently called about him. I don't know how many teams still need him or are interested in him. I just wanted to see, ask you what teams would possibly be interested in him. I heard a potential rumor that uh, Denver could offer a second-round pick. I don't know if it would be this year or next year. And wide receiver Tim Patrick for, for Sam Darnold. I would have loved that trade. Uh, especially because we get second. And uh, Tim Patrick would be a great fourth receiver. He absolutely destroyed us on that Thursday night game. But but Benjamin Albright, the uh, main writer for the Broncos, shot down that uh, rumor. So as of now, what do you think that we can get for Sam Darnold? What teams want him as of now? And um, when do you think we would see a trade? Because there's a lot of time between today on Wednesday and um, the pro day is first. Pro Day for Zach Wilson, which is on March 26th, I believe, and the Pro Day for Justin Fields, which is, I think, on March 30th. 
Just let me know your thoughts. As always, go Jets, and happy St. Patrick's Day. Thank you. Uh, had a nice time on St. Patrick's Day. Hopefully you guys did as well. Um, as for Sam Darnold, I think Denver is a good option. Uh, maybe Carolina, but I expect them to want to move up uh, in the NFL draft and get somebody this year. Uh, Chicago seems out of the picture. Washington seems out of the picture. Maybe San Francisco gets back in the mix. I don't know. Uh, places seem to be winding down, but I think we're going to have to wait and see at the NFL draft what teams are offering, which is exactly when Josh Rosen was traded. So uh, maybe this is a wait and see game, which isn't exactly fun, but that might be the reality of the situation right now. Keep an eye on Denver, I think, at this point. Thank you, Ben. Let's get to Nick in Atlanta who wants to talk about the trading down narrative. Hey, Matt. It's Nick from Atlanta. I just kind of wanted to hop on here and just kind of – so I'm a big take Zach Wilson at two guy. I know you are too. I know okay. I've talked at nauseam about it, but I just kind of wanted to hop on here and just give my my pitch to those fans who are kind of still the Sam Darnold truthers who, you know, want to trade down four times and – load up on draft picks, which I, I understand. Like, trust me, it's not a crazy thought. I just, I wanted to hop on here and get my take. So basically, my pitch to those fans is, don't you think he'd be traded by now? If he's some, you know, quarterback that you just have to build around with the right coach, and da 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 he's going to be some, you know, top 10 quarterback, even top 15 quarterback, don't you think he'd be traded by now? I mean, you got teams like Washington going out, you know what, let's go sign Ryan Patrick or... I mean, hell, the Bears said, yeah, let's go get Andy Dalton. Don't you think a former number three overall pick might draw some more interest than Ryan Fitzpatrick at age, you know, 38 or whatever it is, and Andy Dalton? I just, I really think that he's not as highly looked at or respected as around the league as the fans might think, especially because we, you know, see him, oh, he's he's an asset, you know, he's going to be a good player. My big thing is like, yeah, sure. Like, has he has he been surrounded by terrible players and terrible coaches? Oh, definitely, definitely, never denying that. But like, I'm not trying to defend Adam Gase here, but like, I don't think Adam Gase was like, yeah. So um, you're gonna drop back three steps, the three steps here, and you're just gonna throw it to Jamal Adams standing right in the middle of the field. Just throw it to him. <laughs> like, I I don't think he's like, oh yeah, if you're about to get sacked, just chuck it up in triple coverage. And sure, like, I don't think they're good coaches. I don't think Adam Gase really helped him that no. well, but. I mean, hell, he wasn't telling him to just to chuck it to triple coverage, which is what he did a lot. <laughs> he did. I really don't know. I think the kid's a talented quarterback. I just don't know if he can play quarterback in the NFL. Hmm. So I just, I really think that we're just we're really too high on this kid, and I really, really, really pitch to those other fans, like, well, we just got to move on. And if he has a great career somewhere else, then, and he could very well get traded by now, you know, later. I mean, hell, by the time you take this call, but... I don't know. It's just my thoughts. I mean, you can give your opinion, but that's really my pitch to the other fans. But uh, thanks so much. You do a great job. Go Jets. Appreciate it, Nick. I think you made a really good pitch. Um, I think him not being traded to an extent and also the Bears going, I'd rather take Andy Dalton or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maybe that does talk to the the NFL's um, take on Sam Donald. Maybe it does. But at the same time, I guess my devil's advocate take would be that there are still people that do believe in him. And there are rumblings at how much uh, he was liked by the Denver staff. And there's rumblings about uh, San Francisco and stuff like that. And I get it. Um, I think maybe we have to stop looking at, oh, this team needs a starter. 
and just start looking at teams that maybe are just looking to add more quarterbacks to the mix and developmental quarterbacks uh, potentially. Maybe the Texans would be in the mix if they are trying to move Deshaun Watson, have a veteran in there, and a guy like Sam Darnold. Maybe Seattle is more realistic than we than we think. Um, maybe the Saints is more realistic than some think. But it's weird. The, watching the demise of Sam Darnold the last couple of years has been really weird. Um, because I, some, speaking for myself, I was high on him in his coming out and his first two years. Uh, and he did show some promise, but the year three regression was just very bizarre. Something that one I didn't see coming, and something that was way more drastic than I think some people give credit for, if that makes sense. Um, so I think I, I'm, I'm with you, Nick. I think you made a lot of good points. We'll see if they end up moving him, uh, and I do think they end up moving him. And that also goes to say, well, if you can't get anything good for him, then keep him. Well, then if the if all other 30 plus teams in the league are telling you that he's not a starter and they don't want to give up high assets. Why would you then say, okay, we'll keep our guy and trade out of two. I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. Let's go to Charlie in Wisconsin who wants to talk about Jamison Crowder and making the case to cut Jamison Crowder. Hey Matt, it's Charlie from Wisconsin. I don't really see the point in calling and arguing things that I know you agree with. So I'm going to make a point that you're probably not going to like for the second time in a row. So I thought I'd make the case for why we should cut Jamison Crowder. So here's the logic behind it. Basically, the Jets signed Keelan Cole, which in my opinion is a really good signing, best value the Jets have gotten so far, Okay. even over like Corey Davis and Carl Lawson. Like he was signed to like six million, five million bucks. That's like nothing. So anyway, Cole was a wide receiver too in Jacksonville. I don't think he needs to be like the fourth option. So the way I see it, you cut Crowder, you save $10 million, and you put that money, that savings, towards a player like Kyle Fuller, like a quarterback or something along those lines. That's where the Jets really, really need help. Or inside, or uh, yeah, like the inside of the line, although there's pretty much nobody left on the market. But the way I see it, that's what you have to do. You cut Crowder, and you put the money towards a corner or something along those lines because you've gotten Keelan Cole for great value. Um I, I think the Jets fans are overall like a little bit too hyped up on Jamison Crowder just because he had so much production, but that was just because everyone else was so bad. So there was nowhere else to throw the ball. So I think his production was a bit of a mirage. I say cut him. I bet you could maybe actually get compensation in a trade. I bet somebody would be willing to trade for him based on his production. It seems like a lot of other fans are really high on him, even fans from other teams. So I think that could be an option too. But I'm curious to get your thoughts. What do you think about that? Um, I think you probably could get a day three pick for Jamison Crowder or, or if you do cut him, yeah, you do save that $10 million. Um, I am just, I'm nervous that the Jets would then be one injury away from having to play Jeff Smith or Vincent Smith significant snaps, which I, or Braxton Barrios. Like I, to me, I don't, I'm going to take this and spin this another direction. I don't understand some of this fan base's obsession with like really bad to very mediocre receivers. For instance, Vincent Smith, Jeff Smith, Braxton Berrios, Lawrence Cager. Um, I don't think I any of those four guys I listed, I don't think are playing on any of the other teams in the NFL. They're just not. Besides the 2-14 and 14 Jets, they're not playing on any other, uh, other uh, getting significant snaps on any other team. They're just flat out not. Um, so I'd rather have 
a fourth receiver who is maybe a little bit better than what a fourth receiver should be and still add via the draft, maybe like a third or fourth round receiver this year. So I don't have to watch Jeff Smith, Vincent Smith, Lawrence Cager, or Braxton Barrios get significant snaps for this team. Um, I understand the idea of taking that money and then putting it to another position of need. You mentioned a couple of uh, guys on the defense. I also think you should make life as easy for your young quarterback as humanly possible. Um, so I'm completely okay with expanding the the wide receiver room or keeping the wide receiver room as is because the Jets have had the 32nd offense in the league for the last two years. So I'm taking as many good players as possible. And I agree with you. I think Cole is a good player. And I also think Jamison Crowder is a good player. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to cut him if I don't have to, the jets aren't in a a dire cap straight cap space situation. They could take Alex Lewis, who is not going to be, who probably won't be a starter this year or Greg Van Roten or Ryan Griffin, who's barely played. Like there's guys you can cut and create money that aren't as impactful as a Jameson Crowder. So, uh, you, you didn't sell me, but I, I kind of understand the logic. Uh, especially if it's for a guy like Juju, you could sell me on that a lot more. I, I would. I don't love Juju, and I'm kind of glad the Jets kept Crowder instead. But like, at least the the logic added up there in my eyes. Uh, next is host Sway from New Jersey, and he thinks the Jets are trading back. Hey man, so the name's host Sway from Jersey. Um, so it just came to me, man. The Jets are gonna trade back. They're gonna keep Sam. And the reason is why, or the reason why is because um, we're not doing anything. As far as free agency, there's nothing happening. So it, it's basically is me connecting the dots is saying that the Jets are going to go with um, basically like Joe Douglas been saying, going through the draft. So we're just going to basically draft our whole team. We're not doing nothing in free agency. And next year we'll probably blow it up. But... That's my take. Anyway, appreciate the show. Been watching for a while. Go Jets. Thank you for calling and checking in, Josue. Going to be honest, I don't agree with you, though. I don't. I don't think the Jets have done nothing. I think you could say that maybe been a little underwhelmed with free agency. That's one thing. I do think they added some good value, and I don't think that because you didn't get Joe Tooney or uh, Corey Lindsley that now it's – and you got to keep Sam Darnold now. Well, no, I think you still have to improve through the draft, like what you're saying. And taking a quarterback would be doing just that, improving through the draft. Um, and I don't think, like we talked about earlier, if the league is telling you that Sam Darnold's not a starter and maybe he's not going to go for a second round pick, then why are you going to say, okay, we'll keep our bad quarterback? That doesn't make sense to me, at least. That's so I can't say that I agree with you, unfortunately. Angelo in Tennessee is up next and he wants to talk free agency. Hey, Matt Angelo from Memphis. I wanted to give you a call after the first week of free agency. Now we can kind of see the picture of uh, what Joe Douglas is painting. Now, obviously he's more of a bargain GM. You know, he wants the best value, the best deal. He's more into spending low money on uh, high potential, right? So um, I like our signings now, Carl Lawson. A lot of people say about the sack total. It, you know what, to be honest with you, that's just a number. You know, you don't see how many, uh, you know, or you can see the QB hurries, but how many plays he's affected, how many uh, game-changing moments he's had, whether getting to the quarterback quick, forcing a bad throw, forcing an interception. 
Um, so I do like the free agent signings, but you can see the trend now. We have a lot of holes left. Offensive line is going to be heavy in the draft. Running back is going to be in the draft. Cornerback is going to be in the draft. So I'm still looking at a lot of holes on this team. And with the whole Sam Darnold situation, nothing's happening. So, I mean, I think they're just kind of waiting to the pro days and the interviews and seeing what these guys are like. But it's looking more like they're probably going to run it with Sam and uh, probably trade down out of that second pick to acquire more assets to fill the holes that we need and to grow a young core of good players on this team. We all know we're not ready to compete next year. I mean, it would be nice, but I think it's a long shot. You know, I think it's a long shot to say we're going to make the playoffs next year, whether it's Darnold or Zach Wilson. And don't get me wrong, I like Zach Wilson, but Joe, Joe Douglas is a value guy. If he can get multiple picks for that second pick, he's going to do it. And he's going to run it back with Sam and say, hey, this is our best chance right now to build a young team, to acquire the assets. And uh, that's it, you know. Um, and anyway, I wanted to ask about uh, the current players like Alex Lewis, Ryan Griffin. Okay. I know we kind of expected them to get cut. Um, I just want to know what's going on with that. Is, you think he's going to keep Alex Lewis, or are we set with our tight ends with Herndon, Griffin, and now Koff from uh, Buffalo? So I kind of want to ask about the current uh, players and who do you all think is, uh, is going to get cut or not resign? Thanks, Matt. Go Jack. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, kind of similar with uh, Josue, what I'll say with uh, you, Angelo, at the start of your first part of the call, I don't necessarily buy that because they've been bargain shopping or not going out and blowing all their free agent money that they are now going to keep Sam Darnold. I don't know if I agree with that, but uh, I will say as far as it goes with Greg Van Roten and Alex Lewis, I think it would be a mistake if both of those guys are starting at guard. Um, I think they're average. I think they are uh, actually average. They're below average. They're, they're a bottom tier starting guard. If that, I think that if you keep one of them as depth, fine. Uh, but you brought in Dan Feeney, who is worse than both of those guys to be depth, I guess, which is also kind of confusing. Uh, Ryan Griffin, I don't know how healthy Ryan Griffin is. I really don't. So that's why I think they brought in Croft. Um, Brian Poole, I think, is gone. I don't know. I don't think you mentioned Brian Poole, but just the guys who I don't think they're going to bring back. Um, and, and Alex Lewis, there's something seemed funky at the end of the year last year, and I don't know if they're going to bring him back. Uh, I think if one was likely to come back, I think Greg Van Roten is more likely to come back than Alex Lewis. Uh, hopefully that answers your question, Angelo. Uh, let's go to Drew in Jersey up next. He wants to talk about what could happen in the second round for the Jets. Hey, it's Drew from New Jersey, and I was wondering, I want to talk to you about the NFL and about our, our early second-round pick and okay. what I think we'll get Sam Donald for. Starting with Donald, I think we could trade him to the Panthers for their 38th pick, I believe, and maybe like a conditional fifth, and the condition is if he plays a certain amount of snaps at games, it turns to a fourth. So for the 23rd pick, I, I've i been going back and forth between Edge and Corner. But thinking about the cornerbacks and the draft that would be there, I don't think it would be worth it considering what edge rushers that I think would be there. Like someone like Quinn Pye, I think we would take. If he's there, the okay. Second round would, I think I would start with that, but especially since you ran that like 4-2-5 or 4-2-something or 3-5. I'm sure you can play 
cornerback in the second round, will all the good cornerbacks be gone, or will people like Eric Sake still be there? Um, I've been curious about that. And then with the Donald pick from the Panthers, I think we would take Wyatt Davis, the guard, or if Landon Dickerson left, or anyone, anyone really. But I'm curious on the thoughts of on thoughts of are they really taking either an edge? At 23, or cornerback at 23. I think it's an edge, depending on which cornerback it is, but I don't know. I wonder if Okay, kind of fell off there at, at the tail end, but I think the point is uh, pretty well pretty well made from Drew. I I think it's either going to be guard, corner, or edge at 23. I don't see how it's not one of those. And I also think 34 is going to be one of those three positions, not the same one that's at 23. Uh, it depend. It really depends on how the board breaks. I think you are more likely to have better so like if elijah vera tucker is there at 23 i think that he has to be the pick great you present you uh draft him he's your starting left guard let's go if not then it gets a little bit interesting i think there's a chance that there's not good value at corner there and they do go edge like if jalen phillips is sitting there that'd be really intriguing or quitty pay like you said even though i think quitty pay is probably going to go a little earlier uh but that they, they do need to address corner and especially, it, it makes a li- life a little bit easier if you trade Sam Donald and you have another second-round pick in the mix and you have two first, two second, two thirds. Now you can really bang out some needs. Um, so I, I I think you're on the money with saying that it's either going to be corner or edge. I think you also have to have guard in there. It, it's not. I'll say it like this. It's not going to be a position other than those three at 23 or 34 they are going to try to get a starter at a position of need that's how the, that's the way that i see it anyway um so hopefully that answered your question drew last one elias in rochester he wants to talk about ranking darnold games hey matt this is elias from rochester i just had a quick question about sam darnold how would you rank his games from last year from worst to, uh, to most worst because or maybe least worst to worst i he didn't really have any good games in my opinion how would you rank them? At the top of my head, I think the worst one is probably the Seahawks game. Yeah, he didn't have any mm. exceptions. Um, but, I mean, a lot of them were dropped. Thanks, Jamal. Um, and I think his best game, maybe the Rams game, but he was just a check down Charlie then. But yeah. let me know what you think, man. Keep the great work, though, Jess. Yeah. Um, so I did a little research on this one, and I went through the 12 games that he played last year. And I agree that his best game was the Rams game, which this stat line, if it's your best game, it's it's just sad because it was used to, like, think of at the end of 2018. You have the Texans game, the Packers game, the second half of the Bills game. They were so, the, the Lions game from that year. There were so many things where you're like, okay, there's, that's, some, that's good. And then in 2019, the Dallas game, the Raiders game, the Giants game, Washington game. Like there were, there were also games that year and a year two that you could build on. Even parts of Balt- the Baltimore game, which I know they didn't win, but he made some really good throws in that game. And then this year, it's like, let's hang our hat on 207 yards, one touchdown, a 70, uh, 70.97 completion percentage, but just 6.7 yards per attempt. Like you said, check down King. So many of these games, his yards per attempt is so low. The second game I have on this list is San Francisco. In that game, he was 21 to 32, so 
5.6%, 179 yards, one touchdown. Yards per attempt was 5.6. Third game, Cleveland, fourth. I'd go Raiders, five, Denver. And the fact that Denver is five is a little sketchy because he went 23 of 42 for 54.76 completion percentage, 230 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, and a 5.48 yards per attempt. That's his fifth best game. Six, New England, a game where he threw 266 yards, but also threw two interceptions. His YPA was 7.8, though, which, like, that was a little bit better. It's just the interceptions. Seven, Miami, that's a game where he threw two picks and no touchdowns. And somehow he had one, two, three, four, five worse games than that. Buffalo in week one, 21 of 35 for 60% completion, 215 yards, one touchdown, one pick. But how much of that came on the Jamison Crowder touchdown that was a little dump off that went all the way down the field? What was his yards per attempt? 6.14. What was it before that play? That was a little dump off that turned Jamison Crowder into what, like a 60-plus yard touchdown? Kansas City game was nine for me, which he was 18 of 30, a 60 completion percentage for 133 yards. Indianapolis in week three, where he was 17 to 29, for 168 yards of one touchdown and three picks, two picks. Did he have two pick sixes? He had at least one pick six. No, he had a, a pick six, a pick in the end zone. And I don't remember. I genuinely don't remember what the the other pick was. Uh, Seattle was 11 for me. He went 14 to 26, 53.85 completion percentage, 132 yards for a 68 rating. His yards per attempt was five. Point zero eight, and he had multiple drop picks in that game. And Buffalo at home, I have is the worst game. Uh, twelve of twenty-three, fifty-two point one seven completion percentage, a buck twenty, no touchdowns, two picks, thirty-one point one rating, and a measly five point two two yards per attempt. Kansas City game, by the way, he had a four point four three yards per. Attempt. My God, some of these numbers, man. Wow. Just wow. Uh, that Yeah, I, I'm sorry to end on that note, but that's the last call that we have. And maybe if you're uh, Team Darnold, that's a little bit of a wake-up call. Uh, that's going to do it for me on episode 58. Like I said, should be back to normal next week with an earlier episode. Apologies. Thanks for sticking with me. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll talk to you next time.